0: the harshest of operating conditions. Large-scale investment, planning, and commitment places the offshore sector in a league all on its own, where the stories of people aren't found anywhere else. From safety to operations to new technology, we look to break down this often mystified industry and shed light into the unknown. You're listening to the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast with your host, Andy Lash. All
1: right, everybody, welcome
0: back to another
1: episode of the Oil and Gas Offshore Podcast, where we are making waves in the oil and gas industry. Today, we've got a very interesting guest. We are going to talk to Chad Goff and Paul Henderson. Chad, did I botch your last name? Is that right? Golf?
2: No, it's Golf. Oh. <laughs> uh- it's Golf, G O F F. That's right.
1: All righty. And you guys are with Aviva. So, we're going to be talking about the digital technology that you guys are doing over there everything you guys are providing the maritime and oil and gas industry. I think specifically if I can talk myself today we're probably looking at digital twins and some of the technology and the work that you guys are doing there. So really looking forward to the discussion, hope the audience does as well. As always just to remind everybody and a big thank you to our sponsor which is Tidewater. Tidewater owns and operates the largest fleet of offshore support vessels in the industry with over 60 years of experience supporting offshore energy exploration and production activities worldwide. If you're interested in support for your maritime operations, you can learn more about Tidewater through their website at www.tdw.com. Paul and Chad, I'd love to just learn a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are in the industry. Paul, how about you kick it off for us?
0: Well, I've been in design for 25 years. I've worked the whole gambit between architectural to nuclear power, and I've been able to just really look at all the differences that have been made in the past 25 years. And I've been in the marine industry for the past 15 years. i worked with a couple of software companies, and now I'm with Aviva, and I'm just blown away by all the things that we can do now with the the information that we have and the software that's available
1: yeah it's really interesting stuff and then really i'm just looking through the last handful of episodes we've done here in the podcast and i mean we've we've had underwater scanning and survey measurement company 3d at depth we had a 3D training and virtual reality and augmented reality company on last. We've so much technology that is is entering the offshore sector. It's got to be an exciting time for anybody in this space. So really looking forward to, to learn more about it. Chad, how about a little bit about your background?
2: Yeah, well, thanks, Andy. Yeah, glad to be here today. I've been in the marine industry for since 1997. So I'm going on, what, 23 years, somewhere around in there started out in one of the smaller shipyards here on the Gulf Coast. And of course, on the Gulf Coast, we know we follow contracts as far as our designers and stuff on the coast. So in the shipbuilding industry as well, everyone's going where the projects are, right? So moved around to several of the yards here on the coast. And then three years ago, got offered a position as a technical consultant with Aviva. Started out there and then moved over to account management. So I'm in the same boat as Paul. You know, really, I'd heard a lot of good things about Aviva prior to coming on board. A little bit of experience with Aviva in the oil and gas field and uh, some of the projects out in Houston that have worked. And then I was excited to be able to come on board and see all of the new, you know, technological advances and the way our systems work. The You know, how they're so intuitive and, you know, out of the box, they're giving the customer more than they than they intend, right? Where we're able to deliver a lot of information to the customers and be able to deliver that in, you know, a timely fashion and help them get through their projects and and their needs as a you know in engineering and operations as well.
1: Yeah, that's good. I mean it's kind of something I've always stood behind. uh, undersell and over deliver, right? Kind of like what you're hitting at. You gotta you gotta come through with a good product and good service to to be successful. So sounds like you guys are doing that. So you guys, you know, you're kind of Front wave of technology coming out, and and, and you know, like I said earlier, the, the maritime sector is coming and really grasping a hold of technology. But you guys kind of, you kind of have been in this this world long enough to see some of the old legacy practices, some of the the original tools, well before the technology that we have today. Through that history you know how has that changed your perspective and you know how did we really design these vessels and shipyards and ports before the technology of today
0: well i can chime in on that cuz i've been privileged to to go to a lot of these shipyards in north america cuz one of my jobs i was a consultant for a lot of the shipyards in north america and I've actually been to some of these shipyards that still have these layout floors, you know, big, huge buildings where they used to lay out the frames and the curves and everything for the blocks. And I look at how they used to do it and all the tools that we have now. And, you know, I've seen the ships being built. They just drag pipe up there and then they just start cutting to fit on the deck of where they're working. And now I see where we take our technology today And we can fit all this in. We're so precise. We're so exact. It's just really amazing to see all the things that we can do. And the future stuff that we're seeing that's coming out is even better. So I really have seen the whole gambit of technology because I started out on the boards and I remember drawing on the boards. And then I remember the first installs of AutoCAD and we've moved on from there. And just the power that we have, the power that we're delivering is truly amazing.
1: What are you guys seeing as like really the trends or the the motivating factors that are driving this adoption? You know, I mean, Maritime has kind of been an industry resistant to change, some would say. I think I've had that topic brought up on Many episodes before, but what's driving it from your perspective?
2: well, you know I, I'll take that one, Paul. I think that the marine industry as a whole, as you said, you know they have a reputation of possibly not really adopting new technologies, and I think a little bit of that is in defense of the yards is not necessarily that they don't want to adopt new technology it's that you know it's the change we always have an issue with change, but I also think that you know we're not building we're not building small cars which of course there's a lot that goes into the automotive industry but we're not building small widgets we're building several hundred tons of steel right and we're putting something into the water that was built on land and it has a long construction period that you have to deal with a lot of procurement a lot of engineering a lot of man hours are dumped into this one project that's you know ultimately going to make its way from land to the water and so You know, the the marine industry, you know, once you put something in place to deal with a unit that weighs several hundred tons, you can't just change. You can change your processes, but you may not be able to change the procedure, right, and what you're doing out in the yard. So I think that the way that we're able to leverage more technology in the marine space, though, is to bring technology and utilize our data. And, of course, that's something that Aviva does very well. And so, with our engineering tools and our operation tools, you know, Aviva has a strong toolbox to go into the customer and start out even from contract management all the way to decommissioning. So, we can take the asset all the way through its life cycle now. And so, with the marine industry, I think that that's how we can go in and help leverage what data they have to go in and change the procedures throughout the yard. Maybe change the way the operations are, are flowing through the yard and what you know, we're able to do and provide the customer in the way of technology can save them money on all their projects.
1: And those operational tools that, that you mentioned, is that kind of like the project management suite? I mean, just to, to look at which part needs to be built in which step and, and the best order to kind of construct the entire project?
2: It could be that, but just to give you a little bit more history about Aviva, our history is we were an engineering company. And two years ago, we merged with uh, Schneider Electric, who is an industrial software company. And so what we've done here at Aviva is we've brought together the best of both worlds. And so when I say operations, I'm talking about that industrial side, the industrial software, the operational software, to where we can tie into systems and actually see how the assets are performing, right? Whether it be a crane in the yard or a gen set on the ship, we have that ability now, not just on the contract management side or the engineering or procure procurement side. We have the whole you know platform to work from. So, you know, when we talk about how we've evolved in the marine industry from the drafting table to where we are now where we're talking about AR and machine learning and you know AR VR XR, you know all of the acronyms that are out there and the technologies that are there, I think that we provide that and we're able to come into the customer and and really dive in to any portion of their procedures or their their workflow and help them out because we like I said, we can start out from the very initial contract negotiations, how we can help them with contract management, all the way to decommissioning of an asset. So it's a broad spectrum, but that's what we can do.
0: Now, I'm going to add a little bit on that too, where Chad was going with this, but Aviva software, one of the things that I've really been impressed with Aviva software is our agnostic approach to a lot of the software that we deal with. So a company doesn't necessarily have to go all of Eva, all out. We can actually reach into third-party softwares, grab that information out and display it to where you need it. And one of the things that I ask a lot of customers that I deal with, you know, is, is how much time do they spend looking for information? And they find that it, it's a total time and money waste of finding that information and with Aviva software the, the one thing that i found was we communicate our softwares actually communicate whether it's the procurement whether it's the engineering whether it's the commissioning part where it's actual operations all our softwares are able to communicate with each other so we're getting the most accurate and up-to-date information that we could even possibly dream of every place that i've ever worked at it never fails if there's a change that happens on that boat Where do you start? Where's the information? What did we do last time? Stuff like this. It takes days to find this information, to get everything that you need. But now with the technology that we have in place, we can literally go in there and select a pump in the model and pull down every bit of information that we possibly could dream of about that asset at any time. So it's really remarkable how we're handling some of this.
1: Yeah, no, that's a ton of information. I hope I already grasped like exactly what you guys are, are, are covering. I mean, and of course we are focused on the maritime and the marine sector, but, but really just to round out the discussion around Aviva directly is, I mean, you guys are on pretty much any kind of industrial application, right? It's not just
2: maritime,
1: it's, you know, chemical, it's refining, it's, it's vessels, you know, it's, it's, any kind of industrial application.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah, but that's where, that's where we, you know, we shine, right? We can come in on any, at any industry, any vertical, and we can tap in whether it's oil and gas, whether it's marine, you know, power generation, chemical, you know, food and pharma. I mean, we, yes, you're right. We we cover a lot of different industries, but, you know, a lot of our history is in marine. Aviva, you know, we've been around for a long time, over 50 years in the engineering space. There's a lot of platforms out in the Gulf of Mexico that are designed in our software. There are a lot of ships around the world that are designed in our software. We have a lineage in the marine market. And so we like to, you know, we do like to, you know, thump our chest every once in a while about how long we've been in the marine market. So we don't like to forget that because that's our history. That's some of our legacy. So we want to also, you know, get out to the customer and and be able to help in the marine space as well.
1: Wonderful, no and that's always good to hear that, and that's really how I found you guys. I saw you guys at Aviva, uh, not you guys directly. I don't think you were there, but Aviva had a booth at the uh, American Workboat show in New Orleans late last year, which was a super fun show i mean i've never I've never seen so many types of rope, but you know you guys had your really awesome display, and you guys were showing really specifically trying to highlight your digital twins, right so Why don't we dig into that a little bit and talk about how that's really changing the industry moving forward?
0: Well, if you were at the Workboat Show, more than likely, I was the one over there standing next to that big screen with the digital twin on there. And I could go into any of the assets there and just touch on it and pull down all this information. But what you're asking about this digital twin part is, you know, a lot of people they talk digital twin there, you know, it was the hot word, you know, digital twin. But I have to say, I've seen a lot of people that claim that they have the digital twin, but Aviva has a digital twin because not only are we providing the engineering data or the attributes behind it, but we're actually providing all the documents that are associated with it, plus the real-time operations of the asset. So, we're not just giving you one part or one piece of the puzzle. We're giving you the whole thing. And the great thing that I like about Engage and AvivaNet is that agnostic approach. So it doesn't really matter if you're using SAP or you know, AutoCAD or Excel or any of these other softwares, we can actually reach in there and, and grab that information and bring it out. We almost like... You know, we joke about it. We call it Google for your project. Everybody uses Google. I look back and I'm like, you know, when I was in school, if I did a book report, I had encyclopedias that I had to dig through to find my information. But now, when my 10 year old son does a book report, we just go to the computer, type in Google, and we get all this information on any subject that we want. And we have that technology now for your project. You can go in there, select an object, type an object in, and just pull down a wealth of information. And we get the latest and greatest information for you. So you're not looking at just old data. You're looking at the most up-to-date information that you can have. Because everybody hires really smart people. But those really smart people needs the best information that is available for them to make really good decisions. And this is what we're allowing them to do. We have so many testimonials from different companies that have adopted this digital twin from Aviva, and they will sing our praises. We have one company that they want to be able to pull down any information for an asset within two minutes or less. And we accepted that challenge, and we delivered on that challenge. So, now we have companies that, like I said, they could pick an object and pull down the purchase order for it, find out who ordered it, when it was ordered, how much is it cost? If is it still under warranty? how is it running right now? How was it installed? you know all from one screen, and this is that power of technology that we're really focusing on and using
1: yeah, and that's it's just incredible to look at and just for the listeners I'm kind of I'm thinking maybe we skipped over an important point to be made here is with the digital twin, you know, what is that exactly? And and you guys correct me where I'm wrong, but we're basically talking about a digital model that you can blow up and go into and pull apart and you can click on an item and it's going to give you every piece of info possible, right?
0: That's exactly it.
1: You but know, we that,
2: have to say, I'm sorry. I do have to say that with the digital twin though, People like to tout the term digital twin, but when we say we have a true digital twin, this means that we're not just generating a model and handing over a model to a customer. And then when they go to select on that model or they go on that model, they're going to have a stagnant model. Okay. Aviva can carry that model, like I said, through the whole life cycle of the asset. So it's true information all the way through. It is a true digital twin. It would almost be like in a handover sometimes, say you had a brand new car, okay, and you've built that car for the customer, and you're going to say, I'm going to deliver you a digital twin. Well, if I were to hand you a car that was in different pieces, I told you I built the car, but then I it's all disassembled, all the, the owner's manuals in a million pieces, and then I just hand that over to you. That would be similar to just handing you some information about your, your asset, right? And so then by the time you try to gather all that information back in the handover, you don't have a brand new car. You have what looks like a portion of the car. I'm just trying to put this in layman's term. So what we're saying is, and when we hand over the model or the asset to the customer, we're giving them the keys, the keys to go operate that asset. Whether it's the, the shipyard is handing over the model to the customer or whether it's, you know, someone building it for themselves and using it in their own operations, we don't give you a bunch of disengaged information where it won't link back to the model and it's not true to the model. If you were to take an overlay or a laser scan of the model and uh, of the asset and lay it over the model, That everything would be in the same position, excuse me, in the same position or in the same orientation that you had intended it to be or the way it was designed. So, I mean, that's what we're talking about when we're giving you a true digital twin is that you have all of that information, the data, the way you want to see it and the way it works for you in your operations or in the way you're handling the, you know, the engineering or procurement and construction of a certain asset.
1: And these get used, I mean... He kind of made the reference as the user manual, right? I mean, this is for the engineer. Let's just use the example of a vessel. I mean, instead of having a big fat book and you got to go to the index and you got to look up the index and figure out page whatever and, and do all this, you pull up a model of the ship. You go, oh, I know it's in the front of the ship. Okay, so I zoom in over there, and then oh, uh, I think it's on it's on this floor and it's over here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know basically digitally walk over to that part of the model. And then you're, I mean, you're looking at the components in a digital format. You click on it. I mean, so it's just a wealth of information. Are these used out in the field? Or is this something that kind of has to to live in an office somewhere?
0: We can actually have this out in the field. We have it to where you can put it on a tablet. It can be on your phone. But yes, you can take it out in the field with you. It's what good is that information if you can't use it where you need it? Yeah. Yeah. But you made a really good reference on the book, the three-ring binder that sits on the shelf when people have to go find this information. A lot of these companies, when they got ready to turn over a ship to a customer, I've literally seen this, you will have a dolly Stacked with boxes and books of everything that's on that ship every pump, every valve, every engine, hydraulic system, everything is and it's just all this information. So now we had several people on the ship eight, you know, nine people on the ship that their specific job was to know everything about the hydraulic system. This guy was everything about the fuel system. This guy was everything about the engines or pumps. Now We have all that information in one place. You don't have to stop. You don't have to go search. And it's at the touch of your finger. Use that power. And now we can actually minimize the amount of people that we need to actually fix a system because they could pull the whole system up on this model, look at it from one end to the other end in one picture, and actually start seeing everything that they need to see and disseminating what their problems are, what their issues are, and how to fix it because all that information is
2: right there at their fingertips.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a lot of power.
2: Right. And it's almost the sense of when you say, you know, you go to the owner's manual, well, you don't even have to go to the owner's manual anymore. You just type in the word pump or genset or generator or and so you will get you can set the filters to see what you want to see you can drill down to the exact name of an item. Or if the item has a certain text string in it, you can just look by the text string and it will pull up those items for you. So, you know, there's many different ways we can access that data. And like I said, AvivaNet gives you you that power to look at the model in any way that you want to, but also gives you the power to get to the asset fairly quickly. And as Paul mentioned, you know, in in less than, you know, three minutes, basically, we've had customers be able to, you know, access all of their data when they need it.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. It's got to be such a change for the operators of any application, right? Let's not forget. I mean, it could be a refinery. It could be a drill ship. It could be the vessel. I mean, it could be so many different things. And to have that much power, it's not only efficiency gains, but I mean, you can tie that back to, I'm sure, safety improvements and just, you know, just operational headache reduction. I mean, so many things that that fuels. What's next, you know, if if a digital twin has done this much for the industry and, and from what it sounds like, you know, made dramatic shifts, what's next for digital design tools and either from Aviva or just for the industry as a whole?
0: Well, I can jump on that one right there. You talked about the podcast before you had the AR and the VR. And that's really the next steps that are that we're looking at and we actually have in place already. But we're using the AR, we're using the VR, we're using the extended reality to mix both of them in there. But we go beyond that because now we can put real-time live data inside of these AR, VR sets. So as you're walking through and you turn these valves, you can actually see what's going to happen with the operation so if you're on a ship and you're doing training on a ship we can actually go in there turn these valves see what problems we're going to have we can actually go in there and create problems like we got leaking pipes you know where's the problem going to happen if we got these pipes leaking so the, the ar vr part is really stepping up the game for design but i think one of the best things that I've seen for AR VR is the training part. I know that we dealt with Sioux ship at one of the shipyards that we dealt with. And it was months before that ship was even ready that they had Navy sailors coming on site, going to the ship and walking down everything and, and actually training on the ship before it was even finished. So being able to do this AR VR concept for training, you get that step ahead before they're even on site, before they're even on the boat, they can already start knowing that, hey, I know where these valves are. I know where these gensets sets are. I know where this information is. It's a big stepping stone to be able to do your training through that AR and VR. Now on the design part, everybody's been through these design reviews. Everybody has sat in the room with 20 people and they walk through the model. Okay. Well, now these AR, VR sets Everybody could still be sitting at their desk and actually walking through parts of the ship and people be standing right there beside you. And you can actually say, you know, these pipes are too low. These pipes need to be moved. There's no room here for this. We see issues with that. We see that there's a structural deficiency here. So not only that AR VR part, but now we can actually touch these parts and pieces and get data out of it. So it's not just we're just walking through and looking at the flowers. We're actually doing real work in a virtual reality world. Yeah, that's incredible.
1: That's incredible. I would think anybody that is in this, you know, any kind of industrial application, especially maritime, right? You know, that resistance to change that we've talked about earlier really comes from a safety minded standpoint, right? Like you're talking about a vessel that's floating out in the middle of the ocean. there's no room for air there's no you know tolerance for accidents so kind of if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality and you know with that, I would think anybody's going to want to have this kind of power at their fingertips. so what does it look like for a company to you know again work with Aviva or, or just work with a digital designer to start this process right start to build a digital twin, start to apply some of these other tools that you guys are offering?
0: Well, I think the first thing would be just contact, you know, me or Chad. We can help you start down that path. But I always look to the customer first and say, you know, what is your pain points? You know, where you're having the, the big problems at? Because Going in there and saying, hey, we're just going to rip and replace everything, that's not the way that we work. We actually want to help that customer. And Aviva being with this agnostic approach, it gives us that opportunity to take parts and pieces little by little. So a lot of the smaller yards... They don't have the funding to go in there and spend big money on software. So we're able to go in there and say, look, we know that this one part or this one piece is really costing you money. This is really costing you time and effort. We can go in there and let's let's fix this first one. Let's get that first win out of the way and start getting you more efficient. And as you get more efficient, we'll start seeing better ways that we can help with the industry or with your company. And that's kind of the approach that we we like to do a lot of times is we like to find what's your biggest pain point and start working from there. But they can contact me, they can contact Chad, any Snyder Electric representative, they can contact them. We have many partners out there, many design agencies that use our software that can help you start down this path. But also having that true partner to help you disseminate the technologies that are out there. Cause there is so much information out there, but having a really good partner to help you walk down this path is going to save you time and it's going to save you money. Awesome. All very good points.
1: Very good points. Kind of covered a lot of facets there, which is, is awesome. I was going to ask, you know, well, new customers start with you guys. What's the average deployment time typically? I mean, You know, this is something like you said, you can you can do it piece by piece and kind of at your own pace. But, you know, what does it look like if they do want to rip and replace and just really go go head first into something like what, you know, with these digital design tools?
0: Well, there again, it depends on what they want to go after. We have one a good example of one of our Middle Eastern companies that decided to go with this true digital twin aspect they had over 3 million tags across 17 sites and they could actually look at the oil coming through the ground through the process and being loaded on the ships and they wanted to see everything they wanted to see the construction data they wanted to see the real time operations they wanted to see everything that was there and Them being a customer already, they had a lot of our software in place, but we were able to actually do this in about six to eight week time frame, which is
2: pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is really amazing.
2: And that's a quick turnaround, a very quick turnaround in that. But in the design in the design aspect, if we're coming in with the engineering tools, we we pride ourselves on having a, a quick startup time for customers, you know, by the time you work through training and implementation, you know, we still consider ourselves pretty agile in that respect. Of course, it's always going to decide, you know, be decided by how big your yard is, you know, how many how many users you're going to have. There's all kinds of Metrics there that you're going to have to work through to kind of get that formulate that plan, but we're pretty agile in that sense, and we can get in and help you set up the, the system the way you need it. as Paul said, that example is you know it's pretty impressive that we can turn something around that quick, so we, we like to pride ourselves on the way we can deploy this, the solutions and get things turned around and, and show the customer right off the bat how fast they can get started up and start leveraging the solution to to help them turn a profit.:
1: Wonderful, wonderful. We've touched on some really interesting stuff. I mean, we've got quite a few different topics, but is there anything we haven't touched on that you guys wanted to get out to the audience?
0: One of the things that I wanted to kind of put into perspective right now is I know a lot of customers out there right now, everybody's dealing with the COVID, everybody's dealing with this work from home mentality. I know a lot of the shipyards in North America have been deemed essential services, so They do have people on site, but one of the things that we really pride ourselves on at Aviva is we're cloud ready. Okay. We've, since this all went down, we've helped so many customers shift their information to the cloud to where people can work from home and they never missed a beat. A lot of companies now they're really examining do we really need everybody on site to work now? Because we can do just about everything that you want to do from the cloud. And a lot of people before COVID, you know, the cloud was out there. Everybody was like, yeah, we we hear the cloud, but now cloud has really come to the forefront and Aviva's there. Aviva's ready. We can put everything that you need in the cloud right now, ready to go.
1: Wonderful. That is super helpful. And that's been a that's been a running topic for quite some time now. Quite a few of these episodes have all been since good old COVID showed its face and we've made all the changes that we've had to make. But I mean, really impressed with how a lot of companies have been able to just adapt and keep moving and keep working through everything. And it'll be interesting to see where where we go next, right? What What's on the horizon. So.
2: Yeah. And I'd like to add, Andy, that You know, we pride ourselves in in helping our customers along their digital journey. In fact, we just came away from our first digital conference, and we're planning to have another in August. And so there's a lot of information there, a lot of good keynote speakers, a lot of good expos, digital expos that we have online, and also a lot of content that can be downloaded by the customers and attendees that really You know, you can go into the expos in your particular industry, Marine as well, and see what you would be interested in or something that could, you know, help your company out in the future. Download that information and also... And, you know, interact with other customers and other people that are interested in the software, so we're always looking forward to that and trying to adapt with the times and having these virtual events. and looking forward to the day though, we still have the customer facing events as well, and that's where we're headed right now, and I think that we've done a, a super job in that in that manner. Definitely had a lot more online and virtual meetings and and demos for customers, but those have all worked out well and we're looking forward to getting back out to seeing our customers in the hopefully in the coming months.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, for my, I think we all are looking forward to that in some form or fashion. I'll say, actually, we're recording this right now as the Oil & Gas Global Network, the network that puts this podcast on. We had the Global Oil & Gas Podcast Summit earlier today. So we had oil and gas podcasters from around the world. And we had, kind of like you just mentioned, a digital conference of sorts. And it was it was a lot of fun. We even had a digital bartender. I didn't get to stay for the digital bartender, but they had one planned. Didn't? <laughs> and no, they, uh, that's, a, that's good so, to have. <laughs> so they had a good old time. And and it's just great to see everybody persevering through these hard times, coming up with different solutions and just keeping things moving. You know, it's great. So
0: That's the only one thing that I can say bad about the digital is you can't have the digital drink. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you got to be on site to have the digital drink.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, guys, I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you very much for talking with me today and sharing a bit about what you guys do over there at Viva, Paul and Chad. uh, Really appreciate
0: it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Andy, for having us.
1: Everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed the show as usual. Please, 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 wherever you receive this content leave us some feedback leave a comment a review a like a share however you see fit and and you can you know tell me what you feel good bad or indifferent it all helps the show get better and helps us put out the content that you're looking for so thank you very much for listening in and we will catch you on the next one here are our events on deck
3: Hey everybody, Alex here with the Events on Deck. So, due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in person events. So, I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on, but we have been hosting some virtual events. So, OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc., during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events we would like to keep you guys updated via facebook linkedin and twitter so be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering it has been free we want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home so please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events we are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound
0: Tune in next week for another episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasoffshore.com.